Welcome back, everybody, to the Woody Allen podcast, where we're talking about Woody Allen adjacent. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Donald Wanda, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host with the most author, videographer, writer, podcaster, YouTuber, James Daniel Walsh. What what don't you do, James? Welcome back. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, I could have told you that. With the, I can see the bags over your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're kidding, but they're there. <laughs> boy I'm, I'm tired too i'm tired too we got a lot to get through on this recording so let's push on because this isn't just an episode where we're talking about the title we're going to be talking about the thing we spoke about on last episode our, our pivot with the youtube material and a little change we're going to make so let's move on if you've been following the project last time we spoke about the movie with sylvester stallone and a lot of other great cast members. It was that good old boy, Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. If you're watching this on YouTube, I will put a link in the top. If you're watching, you can see there's a link in the top right hand corner. That would not only take you to that discussion, but our whole playlist of other movies we've spoken about. Of course, we've spoken about every other Woody Allen release as well. And as you should know, if you've been following us, while we're waiting for another Woody Allen release or epic Woody Allen news we're going to be talking about Woody Allen adjacent a project I've loved doing with James and for the next movie which was my choice yeah man it's an interesting one (laughs) I can't wait to get (laughs) I can't wait to get James opinion so James do what you do best introduce us to to the movie because I can't talk and uh, let us know what we're talking about today if you don't mind Uh, today we're going to be talking about the 2003 movie The Shape of Things directed by and written by Neil Le, is it Labute? Le, Labute? I would exactly say Labute. Sure. I would say Labute as well. Yeah, sure. Neil Labute and uh, starring Paul Rudd in a, in a early role. Very early role. And Rachel Weisz, an actress I don't see that much anymore, but back in no. the early two, back in the early 2000s, she, she did a lot that I liked. I really like her. Gretchen Mall too. You don't see her as often as you used to. That's true. And uh, fun fact, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I just always remember Rachel Wise, uh, Rachel Weisz being married to Craig, uh, Craig David, Daniel Craig, <laughs> 007, or not 007 anymore. So, but anyway, James, you know what? Before you get into it, I want to explain myself about this movie. So this is a movie that is very hard for us to talk about without spoiling certain elements because this is one of those movies that it might not be all that you think it is when you watch it especially by the end so what i want to do is i want to talk about our thoughts about the movie without spoiling it and then for those who have already seen the movie or who decide to check out the movie and come back we're just going to get into all of our thoughts spoiler free what the hell's going on with the movie you know what we thought going forward i originally saw this movie back in the day probably a year after it came out as a teenager saw the movie saw the ending and i thought that's fucked up and it's this movie's always been in the back of my mind that that's really fucked up now the actors have gone on to do really good things really big things have blown up and the director did another movie before this one that some would even argue is more polarizing than this movie itself but this movie is always stuck in my mind and being a Woody Allen fan, the question I ask myself 
is why Woody wouldn't do this movie and it comes to me and I know we, I know we haven't spoken about the plot people so I know you're thinking I'm just being very obtuse but I just want to say I don't think Woody Allen would make this movie because even though he touches on dark subjects and you know he's always very realistic about things I find every time I think about this movie there's a kind of meanness or a, a, a spirit of meanness or bad intent. I don't think Woody Allen touches at all. A psychological trend that maybe he might have delved more into. Woody Allen talking about death, he's done that a lot. Him yeah. dealing with shady characters, he's done that a lot. But when you're dealing with really fucked up people psychologically, I don't think I've seen Woody Allen do it like this. I think it's intentional. And to me, that's why this movie's always stuck in my mind. And I've always wanted to speak about it with you, James. So with that said, I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to ask you, James, what did you think of The Shape of Things? Well, as far as like a comparison to, to Woody, the closest I can think of is Deconstructing Harry. Mm. Like that's the only time where he got really dark. Uh, maybe husbands and wives to some extent, but not, not to this level. Um, and I could see Woody doing something like this maybe as a bit in a movie yeah um especially with how it ends but playing it up more comically uh i hate this movie <laughs> i'm not surprised uh, i and and not because of how the movie is made mm. but because i dislike every single character in it including paul rudd who really paul rudd actually to me is the weak link in the movie mm. because he is playing it so so just spineless and cringy and nobody acts this way this is him acting this is like and i think it, if i read it correctly that this was based on a play that he did for that the director did first correct and then he yeah. turned it into a film Paul Rudd feels like he should be in the stage version of this. Everybody else, I felt like they're in a movie. Paul Rudd mm. felt like he was playing it, you know, to the to the back row. And, <laughs> wow! Uh, just the 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 goofy kind of, especially in the earlier scenes. Um, you're right; it's difficult to like because we haven't even really said what the movie is about yet. Mm. Um, yeah, he's just so pathetic throughout the whole thing. And I am 100% on his side at the end. Yeah. But he's still just so weak throughout the entire movie. And I know that's the character. I know that's what he's supposed to be playing. But yeah. he's playing it in a way that is just almost like he's playing it for laughs when it's not really funny. Yeah, and I think that's just maybe where he was at in his career at the time. He hadn't really found himself as far as like what his persona was, and mm. uh, yeah, it's just uh, I was mad by the end of the movie. You're right. What I was thinking, I was watching the end of this movie. I I thought about it afterwards. I think I watched the end of this movie. If you had a camera on me. I bet it's the same the same expression on my face that I would have if I was watching The Exorcist or some like <laughs> horror movie. I was watching, and I, I 
I muttered to myself several times, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I was horrified by the end of this movie. And again, I know that's what they were going for, but because I didn't really sympathize with Paul Rudd that much, all I was left with was the sort of gross feeling of like people at their worst. Let me try to give a generic, not spoiler-free synopsis of the movie for anyone who's interested. What the hell is the shape of things? Is what is this movie about? So when the movie starts out, it's about uh, uh, I, they're not college students, are they? All right, I think they all are. All right, let's say they're all college students. Paul Rudd seems to work in a museum as like a security guard, and he meets another student, Rachel Weiss's character. She's an artiste, and I know how much James loves artists. Love, love the artists. Oh, I know how much you love characters like this. They meet at um his one of his um where he's working at the exhibition he's securing, and she's about to defame one of the pieces of art, and they meet and they you know he kind of asks her out. And the movie is essentially about their relationship and two other characters that are Paul Rudd's friends as well. And how the relationship between all these characters spirals. I'll just leave it at that. So, like I told you, I first time watched the movie, um, I thought generic. I don't even know why I watched this movie the first time, to be honest with you, because Paul Rudd and Rachel Wise, maybe I watched it because Rachel Wise, I liked it from The Mummy with Bread and Fasia back in the day. I don't know why I watched the movie, but at the end, I was like, this is so fucked up, man. This is so fucked up. And it always wrong with me. But I wanted to understand. I, I just always didn't quite understand why people hated this movie. Because at the time I was watching it, I mean, people hated this movie with a passion. Fast forward to today. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, it's split down the middle. It is 60, it's, it's above average. It's like, you know, people are fond of it, but some people hate the movie. And as for um, the actors, I'm actually a little bit surprised you said Paul, well, I'm actually, I'm not sure if you're saying Paul Rudd's performance was bad or his, his, his performance just wasn't suited for the film version or do you think he was miscast? Let me, I just want to get clarification on that. I think I don't think it would said he's miscast because I do think he's he is a pretty good actor like mm. in in things other than comedies and and superhero movies he is a pretty good actor it's that he is playing the character uh to some extent he does remind me of like back in the 90s you always had the movies with the uh with the ugly girl at school who wore overalls and glasses and then you know she got the, the, the cute boy at school asked her to the dance and she took off her glasses and suddenly she was hot. Yeah. Uh, he's playing the male version of that. Yeah. Uh, and, but he's playing it almost in the beginning a little bit like, I kept being reminded of like Jerry Lewis. Mm. Um, just like nutty professor Jerry Lewis, sort of with the nerd, with the glasses and the, the, the hair that, Nobody actually has hair like this. <laughs> Where he, he, it looks like he, he hasn't washed or brushed his hair in months. And uh, he's just playing it as such a, a goofball that, um, again, if it was the stage version of it, where yeah. you've got to really relate to the audience, you, you don't, you can't do close ups. You can't do, you know, him whispering and, 
things like, you know, where he's really got to play it because he's got an audience right in front of him. I'd understand it better. But in the movie version, it required a little bit more subtlety and there is no subtlety to his yeah. performance. That's true. That's true. I, and I actually don't just disagree with anything you just said there. I just felt like seeing, you know, where Paul has goes in the future and even the most ironic thing was I was watching this movie thinking this is the second Paul Rudd movie we've spoken about in our project because obviously there was the comedy that you recommended they came together you know where it's like a mockery to some extent of this as well he's, he's playing a really soft goofy character but obviously that's a complete parody um but near the end when his character starts to change and there's that emotional stuff at the end I could see in his eyes. I thought, you know what? He's, I'm, I'm buying it. I, I really feel like he's selling me on it. But you're right. Most of the other people feel a little bit more natural where he does feel like it is a little bit of a SNL skit. He is playing the nerd. I wouldn't say Jason Biggs level, American no. Pie level, but it is exaggerated. And he does get better as the movie yeah. goes along. He does yeah. get better because well, that stuff gets toned down. Yeah, which is the point. But as you said, it's a bit too obvious. And on repeat watchings, you can obviously see that it is very forceful to do it that way. So, so yeah, um, Rachel Wise, she's great in this role. I'm sure people will hate her for this. I found it very interesting that I'll play, I will play a clip from the, the playwright director as well. Him speaking about when they did the play, she didn't she you couldn't even get as much emotion off her than in the movie version just because you could do a lot more stuff with close-ups on the camera and she played to the audience so he actually the director was saying actually plays more powerful in person than it does on film but I, you know rachel wise is a phenomenal actress i really like her i wish i saw her do more things because every, everything she's done i really like and here she plays a kind of a detached cold character you know, not even getting into the end. And there's something that I, I never, when you watch those movies, like you said, where the guy's desiring the woman and then either the man changes the woman, the woman changes the man. She was never desirable to me. The fact that she's a pretentious artist is annoying, of course, but there was just something I found cold about her that, you know, up until the end, I just couldn't put my finger on. I will say, I was watching this with my girlfriend who had no idea what was going on and she literally thought this was a, a, a more of a dramatic rom-com didn't really know what was going i was very surprised with her delivery a lot of the things she was saying she actually doesn't meet a lot of people like this and it's not even that there's pretentious and there's artists that believe with passion the kind of thing she was saying and uh -huh. that's the kind of thing and there's there's also there's also sociopaths. Yes, exactly. That's it. Basically, that's basically what I was getting to. So her performance is great. The other two actors, um, I thought they don't have as much screen time. But yeah, uh, they were good as well. And I'm not surprised you have to stay in for this movie. Before I let you go on more, I need to ask you, this movie made today, how do you think it plays? Oh, God. Um... That's that's tough because you definitely. I think they would want you to sympathize with Rachel Weiss's character more today. 
Yes. Like, I think they would either soften her up or they would just expect you to agree with her. Do you think what she was trying to do as a character in this movie holds any weight in terms of this, the search of truth? Or do you think there's any point to what she was saying? No. <laughs> Not at all. I think what she was doing was incredibly cruel and it's, you know, we, we jo joke I, that I hate the artists, um, but I don't hate the artists. Mm. I, you know, because to some extent I am one. And so I, and, and we're talking about Woody Allen. Woody Allen is an artist. You know, you don't go to Woody Allen movies to watch special effects and, you know, things blowing up. You go to watch people talk and you can go to watch finely crafted dialogue and things like that. Um, and, and people talk about pretentious things, people talking about, you know, art and literature and, uh, Bergman and, you know, so there's some pretension to the Woody Allen movies that, that we enjoy. And then there are sociopaths. <laughs> then there are people who think very highly of themselves. They think they're brilliant. They think that they're saying something really profound and they have no um, worry about what they're doing to other people in their search for some sort of truth or whatever in in their in their little experiments that they're doing. And um, yeah, I, by the end of the movie, I will admit that like I didn't really like, like I said, I didn't like Paul Rudd's character. The two friends, I I, I think I like Gretchen Mall probably the best out of the four of them, she was the one that I could sympathize with the most, but, uh, you know, his, his friend, um, Frederick Muller. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a douchebag <laughs> movie. He's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, Gretchen Mall complains about the fact that he's always got his sunglasses on over his, his head. That's, you know, he's got the bleached hair and he's got the, the attitude and he thinks he's hot shit. And I, I have an automatic dislike for guys like that. But by the end of the movie, I even felt bad for him. I felt bad for everybody by the end of the movie because what Rachel Weiss does is so insane that it's you can't help but sympathize for the other people because no matter what they might have done, it is nothing compared to what she does. Would it surprise you if I told you that a Google search found that people have actually tried to do and i guess we're gonna to have to get in spoilers in a minute they have actually some students that have tried to replicate what she had done it doesn't surprise me no it's mm. uh and again we'll, we'll get into it uh there there's even paul rudd even hints at the possibility of him being able to sue her yeah and uh if that is the truth, if, if like some students have tried to replicate this, I hope they did get sued. So I need to ask you before we like, I'm sure this review is frustrating for some people who don't know what the hell, what is this? What's going on? Is the movie that bad? So you're saying in terms of execution, formulation, writing, it's not a bad movie, just a movie no. you dislike. It's bad in the way that, um, I, I like I was not prepared for what it was. I honest to God would like, if you said, you know, what's another movie that's like this, I would say 
The Exorcist, Hereditary. This is a horror movie. <laughs> you don't know it until the end, but this yeah. is a horror. Like, with, with a couple of very minor tweaks, this could be a legitimate horror movie. Sure. That's how I ended up feeling about it at the end was I felt kind of empty and, and hollow and just, you know, feeling like I've just seen the, the worst that humanity has to offer in Rachel Weiss's character. And, and she doesn't, I, I don't feel like she has any kind of comprehension that she's done anything wrong. I'm so interested to see what Woody Allen would have done with this because I honestly think, and no, no shade on Woody, I just think he might think this is just a bit too grim for him. And I know this is a, a man who's written about death and murder. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, a younger Woody, like, a, you know, early 1970s, the, the, the early funny ones. This could be a bit, where I'm imagining like uh, Louise Lasser in in the part that Rachel Weiss played, yeah. Like so, we're going even before Diane Keaton, and with Woody Allen in the the Paul Rudd part, and you know the twist comes at the end, and Woody Allen is sort of like in the audience, befuddled and like he's not hurt so much as he is playing it for laughs, and yeah. uh, and Louise Lasser is sort of playing it for laughs. This isn't played for laughs. This is played as serious as it is and um so i don't even know how i would necessarily if you ask me what genre this movie is i don't think i could tell you i'm looking right now because i always bring up the, the wikipedia page so that i can look at stuff while I'm, we're talking sure, sure. it's it says it's listed as a romantic drama um this is not romantic there's nothing romantic about this movie not really. I mean, if you if you watch the way through and you think about it and you think it's romantic, that's 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 really disturbing. That's really psychotic. Yeah. I haven't watched this movie for fifteen years, and I still feel like for a movie made in two thousand three, it ages pretty well. I would expect this movie to look a lot worse, to feel yeah. a lot worse, to be way more stereotypical and get a lot of things wrong, but. To me, this movie is about the human condition to an extent. There are some really fucked up people out there and there are some people that will do things, you know, whether it's consciously, unconsciously, selfishly, at the behest or not even thinking about other people's feelings. And I think that is something that will never change. And for that, and I feel like, again, that's the, the, the that's what the director was trying to put out there to an extent. But I'll, I'll play a clip from him so I can bounce off something he said. But I still think the movie makes uh, uh, an interesting point just about people. And yeah, you don't see people like this every 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 so often. So... Not, I mean, the, the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting to spoiler territory. But, but no, no, I'm sorry, James. I had to show this one to you. And all through this discussion, James, let me tell you something. I've been talking to you about this movie and my eyes have been glued onto the cover of this movie. And Ooh. when I look at the cover of this movie, it's a shot of them two standing. You'll see them from the back. And Rachel Wise has got a, a, a hand grabbing Pulver's ass. And, you know, it's so menacing if you know what's coming. Again, slight spoiler. But 
Yeah, man. I just think that in today's society, with everything that's going on with gender politics and gender roles and stuff like that, it's, it's an interesting movie. I think if this movie was released today, made today, I think people would have a very, very... I don't know what kind of reaction they have. I just think it'd be very visceral and very loud. And oh. I think this movie sounds out because of that. And I, I really wanted to share this movie with you because I just wanted to talk about all these points. We'll get into spoilers in a moment. But before we do, James, I want, I will let you have your final spoiler free thoughts before we just rip off the bandaid and talk about this movie. I mean, I went into it not knowing anything about it. Uh, and in fact, I, I was kind of surprised. I assumed it was like a late 90s movie, uh, not an early 2000s early. Because mm. this is this is post The Mummy for Rachel Weisz and quite a few years after Clueless for uh, Paul Rudd. So, yeah, I don't. I was expecting something cheaper. And, you know, the, the, the Mummy had been a big hit several years before. In fact, I think this was after The Mummy Returns. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rachel Weisz is you know, been in a couple of big giant blockbusters at this point. So the fact that they could get her for this was, she must've felt really passionate about the part. Yeah. And again, it's, I, I, I they think did it's a, just they, the they did this for a year on, just to let you know, a, year, a full year in London with re reoccurring play. So they were passionate about this. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just the execution of, of, uh, how it was handled just i i feel like it was the, the when the twist comes it's so horrifying that i'm not going to forget this movie but i'm never going to want to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yes welcome now now me and you in the same boat because i felt that way for all these what 20 years or what how long yeah been nearly 22 decades since I've seen the movie. And let me tell you something about Paul Rudd. That guy ain't black, but black don't crack. That guy looks a fucking same. Oh my God. Oh my, that guy looks none the wiser. Wow. Disney doesn't have to de-age him for anything. Not at all. Not at all. And he's over 50 now. He's, I think he's 55 mm -hmm. or something. So, And he looks really much the same. Yeah. So um, the last thing I will say, um, spoiler free, is that the play was pretty successful and um if you look at wikipedia you can see that you know over the over the years afterwards it had been redone by many actors you know every two or three years up to i think 2018 was the last one so i think there was a there's like a book it's like it's, it's on playbook or something so it seems somewhat I want to call it popular but well liked as for the director um he's done a lot he's done a lot of stuff before this movie, he did another movie called In the Company of Men. Now, my sister made me watch that movie after this, and I didn't even know it was the same director. Wow. That movie is really fucked up. They're on the same level, mm -hmm. by the way. I think I even I, I think I have seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned it to you as well, and you mentioned you might have seen it. So, mm -hmm. But the director, you know, he doesn't just do dramas. He's done a little bit of everything. Netflix, he did, the, I think he did The Wicker Man. The Wicker um, Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I know. <laughs> Not something you'd probably bring up. He's done a bit of everything. He's done a lot of interviews. He seemed like a nice guy. Uh, he did another movie with um, Ben Stella. I think it's called Your Friends and Neighbours in 1998. That's another mm -hmm. drama similar to this that we might speak about. Um, reminds me of that movie. I know I've seen that movie. 
yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, guys, my last question to James before we get into spoilers. Is there any universe or anyone you would recommend this movie to? Mm. Um, women who hate men. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> you know, I you know, uh, I feel a little bit more um, after watching it after all these years. I I try to see it more from her point of view, from a cold calculating the point she was making, and then uh, the point she was making, even though they were true by Ooh. definition by she proved her point but she did a lot of damage to prove a point that's that and that's all i'll say before you get spoilers i would say it's worth a check get ready for a little surprise with the movie if nothing else you know you'll see these two actors uh come together you probably have seen they had a lot of kissy kissy sexy time in the movie and yeah it was nice to see paul would do a quote-unquote rom-com before he did the parody of that rom-com which james already yeah. recommended to us uh they came together so he was well ready he was well ready for a parody after this movie so anyway guys check it out you can stream it you can get it on itunes for two pounds or whatever and yeah 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 so let's move on now for those who do not care but i'm not gonna watch the movie just spoil it what's the big reveal what happened I'm going to let James take it away. What's what's behind the veil, James? And what is this movie actually about like, by the end? Uh, it's a it's an experiment. It's uh, Rachel Weisz never had any feelings for Paul Rudd. She never cared about him. She never, she in fact lied about everything personal about herself. This is all just part of her thesis that she's presenting at school taking a loser and transforming him, sculpting him into somebody who, at least in her own opinion, is more attractive and more interesting. And uh, basically she just humiliates him. He has no idea that any of this is happening. He invites, or, or his friends at least, are invited to this. And uh, in front of just you know, like this audience of people, she just humiliates him completely and, and, and dispassionately because the point of it is not to humiliate him for her. The point of it for her is see what I did. I'm, I'm an artist. I sculpted a human being into uh, uh, something different, something better. And she, uh, she puts on display for anybody who wants to see their sex tape. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine him staying at this school. Also, as part of her experiment, she broke him up from his friends because she thought his friends weren't worth him having. And she broke up his friends' engagement. These two people that he, he seemed very close to, and they were going to get married, and she makes it a point to basically destroy that. So she is, in every way, evil in this movie and remorseless and very much a villain in my opinion she reminds me a lot of um, there's this movie that I, I had always heard about that was so great uh, like a, one of those post pulp fiction kind of Tarantino wannabe movies hmm. called The Last Seduction 
that had uh, Linda Fiorentino in it. She's sort of the femme fatale and, you know, spoiler alert for this 30 year old movie. But uh, basically by the end of the movie, she sets up somebody to take the fall for a murder. She uses this guy. And at the end of the movie, you just see her lying on a beach and she got away with it. And I'm just, I hate the movie because she got away with it. And that's how I felt at the end of this movie was, even though Paul Rudd says, you know, I could sue you for this. You kind of know he won't. Yeah. And so she's just going to get away with it. And there will be no consequence for what she's done. Uh, and it, it just left me feeling like, you know, I, 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 I wanted there to be some sort of retribution for, for what she's done. But while she has shaped him into the man that she wants, the man that she wants also is still kind of spineless. He's, he's going to do whatever she tells him to do, which is what he does throughout the course of the movie. Changes his clothes, he loses weight, he changes his hair, he gets a nose job. Anything she wants him to do, he does because he is so weak and pathetic. And she hasn't really changed that about him. Yeah, he's cool. Um, yeah. Which, which just left me... I, I kept waiting because the friends are in the audience. And I kept waiting for somebody to stand up and shout at her or, you know, or I don't even, I don't, I, if I missed it, I don't even remember them cutting to the reactions from the friends. James, what are you talking about? <laughs> your emotions, something? your emotions got the best of you. I, they might have been because I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what, James, a hundred. And this is why I'll honestly say this is a movie I've actually enjoyed more on repeat viewings because I don't blame you. Within the first five minutes of her speech, the woman, the female friend, walks out. She rips up the the uh, the, the thing she gave you on know, the leaflet and and walks out. I missed that completely. Yeah, the guy's smiling for a while, and then after she really drops the nail and lays into the guy, nearly when she nearly done five minutes, he rips up the <laughs> the leaflet again and goes, "This is fucked," and walks out. They both leave. I'm, I missed that completely. I literally must have blacked out. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you did. And here's the and here's the thing: you were totally taken by the movie, and this is the exact intent of the the writer playwright as well. Because just like you, James, there's so many things I missed the first time I watched it because I was kind of suckered into you know just thinking it was more of a generic romance with drama between the friends and this woman mm -hmm. controlling artists. And then the reveal, which just made me viscerally angry. But the yeah. more I watched it, the more I noticed things that she said at the end, which is true. And this is in no way, and believe me, people are going to crucify me for saying this. I'm not defending her, but there is certain things she said, which is true. Like number one, she manipulated him, but she never forced him. Every decision he made, she prompted him, but he took in particular one of the worst decisions he made when they were sitting there by the way like let's let's go back a little bit before the reveal when he's having a nose job he's sitting there with her in the office they're playing sexy games talking all this shit and she's nudging it and he wants to leave he wants to leave and she just keeps on saying little things little things and basically she's using sex to keep him there to the point where they literally almost have sex in the toilet in the where i'm just like wow but again, she's using her wiles to seduce him because that is what this is basically a seduction. 
But then she also makes the point that as he changed, which again is like, this is a good observation. The more he became more attractive to other women and stuff like that, he seemed to get more attention. As for example, the friend, his other friend that he never, uh, you know, he had a chance to uh, date before and never made a move. She started to become attracted to him. And then they had an affair, which had nothing to do with her. She didn't manipulate that affair at all. So I was like, and watching it the second or the third time, I was like, hmm, he is funny. Funny enough, he is falling for it. He is becoming a shittier person. And that was the crux of her, of her thesis was, was what she said in particular, which I didn't hear the first or second time I watched it because I was just so angry, Ooh. is that she was trying to say the more that we buy into men getting all these great attributes, you know, people seem to forgive the bad behaviors of men. The more he became handsome, the more he started to lie. Then he cheated without telling me. Then he even decided to leave his friends for me. I mean, these are all failures of him. Now, obviously he wanted her, so he decided to do that, but that was all him. And I was just like, you know what? Take a step back, looking at it from her perspective, which he completely manipulated him, by the way. He had a choice. He was a weak man, but he made it. And one thing you said, which is paramount, is that the core of him did not change. Even at the end, you know, he loves her. He proposed to her. He seemed sympathetic to the point where it seemed like she was like, you know what, do you want to become part of the exhibit? Obviously, he is, he is the center point. But she was like, I'm going in. Do you want to follow me? And I'm like, wow, he is so weak-minded and in love and twist and confused. He's still going to follow her. And I was looking at her like, how damaged are you? Because she is not, she's psycho as well. But there's something about her that just seems like this is revenge. I don't know if she had 10 boyfriends before that all did her wrong that fucked her and left her, that possibly raped her, that did all this stuff. And mm -hmm. maybe that's a story that we're not seeing, even though I do not think that's the kind of story the writer's trying to write at all. No, you do see, like, you know, that she had been or maybe even still is a cutter. And, uh, you know, at the end of the movie, he asks her, well, what about those? Are those real? And she's like, oh, that was part of another, how did she put it? Another uh, another uh, project. Another, another project. project. So she's willing to, she's either lying and she just was fucked up and, and yeah. would cut herself or she's fucked up in another way where she's like, my body is my canvas and I'm going to slice myself open because that's my art. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's that, you know, and I, and that's the thing. I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you that he was a, willing if unwitting participant in her project which by the way if you reverse the genders oh boy i know he'd go to James. jail i know he'd go to jail. i know <laughs> like he would have been thrown out of school mm -hmm. he would have gone to jail yep i don't know in 2003 2022 he would have fucking been crucified but um yeah i mean just the i like i said that's the reason why I couldn't fully like even sympathize with Paul Rudd was because he played it yeah. so pathetic. Yeah. Um, and it makes you wonder, did she like, I, and again, maybe this is something I missed. Did she decide to do this after she initially met him? Did she already have him pick? Cause she did say that they had 
seen each other somewhere before i forget like it was he worked at a video store or something and yeah she, she i i honestly don't think she's a criminal mastermind she came there to do something he was there she didn't prompt him to ask her out that's why on repeat yeah. viewings it seemed like she was presented with an opportunity and she took it so it's calculated to a point and again like you said the more i watch it i have less sympathy for paul Rudd's character as well so when i took away my feelings from being sympathetic of him and i just look at her as an opportunist manipulator but i see the point she's trying to make um and the thing i, I love by the way what paul Rudd says at the very end was great about you know what even put even said put me aside everything you did to me putting your neurosis aside for the greater good it's bullshit it's yeah. absolutely not because you got to live with this what you've you've got to live with this and she just looked like i have no remorse and i saw a lot of emotional i, I thought that she's a very damaged person she did not look like an emotional psychopath she looked like a hurt person who was trying to it's like she faked being emotionless to do what she had to do Ooh. to the point where she threw him a bone at the end and said there was one thing that was real which they didn't want to elaborate on which i'm yeah. like this woman is so fucked up she doesn't realize that she's not emotionless she thinks she is but she ain't it's, well, a, it's, it's sad let's see and the way that i read it too was that like she does the thing that I, i've been in arguments with people not that have never done anything like this before, but the people who kind of have a mentality like this before. And it's like, well, I'm sorry you were hurt. And they sort of show that they're emotional. And then you rightfully get angry and they give you that, you know, that laugh that's sort of like, oh, well, you're just an asshole. So I don't have to feel bad anymore. And she does that. There's one part where he gets right in her face and he just screams at her that she's a fucking cunt. And she just gives that, And I'm like, no, 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 no. If you feel any remorse at all, you got to take that. Yeah. You got to like go, yep. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I am. You know, I did this thing and you have a, you have every right to call me names. You have every right to be angry. You have every right to scream at me. And instead she has that reaction of just sort of like, yeah, well, you're, what, what did she say? Like, oh yeah, well, the, the, the cooler guys think they are, the more that they're, they're yeah. potty mouth because they think it's cute. It's like, bitch, shut up. That's what <laughs> like, you see. And that in <laughs> itself is an emotion. To me, that's, she's trying to hold down her temper. She's trying to be cool, trying not to confront him, but being aggressive to him, well, passively, passive aggressive Ooh. in reply. So again, for me, the and again, I love, I've always wanted to have this conversation with someone about this movie because that's what this movie is as a talking point. You know, yeah. everyone that's talking about the movie, look at the IMDb reviews, Rotten Tomato reviews. They always say there's something, when you break the movie apart and not even look at the character, what's going on, there's a lot to decipher here. There's points being made and there's surface level things that is horrible. She's a manipulator, she's a horrible person. She mm-hmm. used her own body, by the way, to, mm-hmm. to make her point, which is disgusting, mm-hmm. which she had no qualms about. But how can you do that? And and she, she, you know, as much as like, like I said, you could argue that, yes, everything he did, he did willingly. But at least the way that we define rape currently, having sex with somebody under false pretenses yeah, is rape. 100%. 100%. So 
you know, again, this is this is why to me any 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 discussion about this, you have to ask yourself if the genders were reversed, how would this play? Yeah. Because to me, whenever I ask myself that, I always say, if it works one way, it works the other. We don't live in that society. <laughs> uh, no, it's just my own personal like sure. belief system of like, okay, you can't, <laughs> you know, you can't say, well, th- you can't have a double standard about it. Well, that's why I think this movie works as well. Because if that's the question people be asking, that just like you're asking, and if this movie was made today, I think more people would be asking that question because there are men that are, you know, victims of sexual abuse about wrongdoing. You know, again, Woody Allen is a victim of this, has been accused of something that basically proved un- unsubstantiated at all. You know, Johnny Depp has went to trial for being slandered, called her yeah. everything under the sun, you know. Um, and this movie, I don't even think it's the intent of this movie to even, well, I guess it kind of is to show that anyone could be horrible. And like I said, that's why I, I, I said with just like the smallest tweak, this could be a horror movie. It could be like, well, I wanted him to fall in love with, and she presents her thesis, and then they pull the curtain aside, and he's like disemboweled on the stage. Yeah. You yeah. know, I yeah. mean, because basically she emotionally eviscerates him. She yeah. wants him to be there. She wants him to witness. That's why, to me, she could have done all of the, the presentation. He didn't need to be there. You know, his friends didn't need to be there. But she wanted to, she was so smug about just like, look what I did. Well, James, I'm going to pause you right there. She said that herself. She mm-hmm. said that if you didn't turn up, you would have been none the wiser. And then she mm-hmm. was, the, another point she's trying to make is that, you know, it's real to me, it's not real to you. I don't feel that way. But if you weren't here, you know, just because you know it now, it's not real. But how would you know what's real? It's like, and he was like, it's not the fucking point. And I was like, what she's saying is true in a sense, even though it's sick. Well, I mean, like, that's the, you know, the idea, like I earlier, jokingly, but not quite jokingly compared to the Joker. The Joker always has a point. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll kill as many people as he has to in order to make the point, but he always has a point. And that's actually, I mean, all of a sudden, this is like clicking to me, this analogy, because I'm now just picturing like the killing joke, just sort of like, you know, I want to show that one bad day can turn you into me. Correct. She had no, he could have gone off and killed himself. I mean, he could have committed suicide like you know walked out into traffic or something she didn't care what happened to him she didn't care what happened to his friends she cared about her little art project that like 20 people saw and the grade she would get for it and that's the kind of thing that i can't stand is that sort of like i'm doing something important no you're really not (laughs) you're really really not and he he calls her like everything he says at the end. I'm on his side. Sure, like where he says this doesn't matter and nobody's going to care and blah blah, yeah. blah blah. And everything that she says at the end, while everything she says about him is true, everything she says about what she's done is bullshit. And what she rightfully points out, it's a mole. Yeah. <laughs> it's heartless. It's a mole. It's it is. There's another. There's a. It, it reminds me of like, there's another movie. I can't remember the name of it. Circle of friends, maybe mm. um, from the nineties and have Minnie driver in it. And she's like, 
uh, a boy invites her to a dance or something because they're having a, you know, you got to bring the ugly girl. Who, whoever brings the ugliest girl is the one that, you know, wins this bet or whatever they've got. Wow. Wow. It's that level of sort of cruelty, except even to me, even more so because what he, what, what didn't happen to Minnie Driver was she wasn't like, it wasn't presented on a stage like, you know, look at what we've done and look at not only that, but look how important what I've done is. Look at how, how yeah. deep I am. Look at how it's just for those guys. It was a dumb joke. It was cruel. And it was awful. It was disgusting, but it was to them a joke for Rachel Vice, It's like, this is very serious. This is very, this is very deep stuff. <laughs> and that's the kind of shit that I can't stand. And like I said, I can see an early Woody Allen movie where he meets a woman and she does this to him. And maybe it's like 10 minutes out of the movie. Maybe it's even just a, a bit in um, everything you always wanted to know about sex. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, he, it's played for laughs. You know, it's played, at, he's sitting there in the audience and he's sort of like, you know, fumbling with his glasses and he's nervous and he's whatever. And it's, it's done a little bit more dry. It's done a little bit more like, you know, comically. At the end of this movie, I didn't know. And I guess she, she makes the point. You can, you can disagree with what, with what I've done. How does she put it? You, but, but. The worst thing is to not have an opinion or something. Yeah, and then she put the two fingers up. Yeah, that's what she said. Yes, yeah. and that oh, God. that was pretentious <laughs> as fuck. That was pretentious, one hundred percent. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, and you know, all she needed were like, uh, like people in uh, black leotards dancing behind her or some fucking shit like that, where it would have completed the pretentious college art student thing, and it. it like I said, it's just, by the end of the movie, it didn't. I didn't feel like it had enough of a point. Like the point it was making, I understood it, but I, at the same time, I was like, okay, and he was pathetic <laughs> and she's shitty. What else? Like, what are we getting at here? And it it just made me. It just like I said. What you know, I like I said, I don't remember the two friends getting up and storming off. What I do remember is him sitting there in the audience and it, cutting to Paul Rudd, yeah, and him trying not to cry, yeah. And that's, that was good acting, James. That was that good, was acting. good acting. Like said, Paul, <laughs> Paul Rudd's a good actor, I think Paul yeah, yeah. Rudd is a really sure. good actor, sure. And uh, and like I said, the, the way he plays it in the beginning. Like I said, I just get this Jerry Lewis, nutty professor, sort of, you know, he's like the nerd. Yeah. He's like the glasses and the greasy hair, and he's got the ugly jacket, and he's got his shoulders up around his ears. And, you know. But he doesn't look like Jason Biggs, though. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could have easily been Jason Biggs. This yeah. could have been, like, yeah, yeah. been five minutes in one of the American Pie movies, and I would have yeah. bought it. Um, and that's why, to me, like, I, I guess I just. The movie itself is, to me, it is sort of on her side. It's, and, and you know, it's left, I'm sure the director was like, well, I, I, I expect a lot of people will sympathize with Paul Rudd, but I want oh, you to think about oh, what Rachel Weiss is doing. Hold that thought, James, because I got a, the, it's so funny you said that. The director <laughs> is going to address exactly what you just said. 
last time I didn't even play our clip from the from the movie we discussed. Let me play this clip now before I forget. And it's just going to address that point you just made. Let's have a listen. The idea was taking what was a play that took place in a Midwestern setting and uh, placing it on film in an unnamed area of California. It made sense in terms of our shooting, in terms of matching weather, also thematically that um, the piece was about art, but also about just human beauty. To the naked eye, uh, the transition that Paul makes is probably uh, the most vast and surprising. There's a great sense of physical change in the character, but emotionally he becomes a different person. Rachel's approach to her character, Evelyn, changed from the stage, which is this very presentational medium where you have an audience there who essentially become her audience at her thesis project. And she worked the crowd like a lawyer or a circus clown, which are occasionally synonymous. She was able to state her case with the very audience who she has misled in a really seductive theatrical way. And uh, we had to find a different way to change her from art student to art terrorist by the end of the film. She probably played her final scenes with greater emotion on film than she ever did in the theater. When a camera can go right up into her face, you can detect flickers across the eye or a wiped away tear in a much more almost violent way than you can in the very confined, non-changing space that is a theater. It was a much greater split between who is right and wrong in the stage play, as opposed to we're very torn emotionally the gray areas will probably play up even more so. It was much more black and white experience on the stage. Hmm. I wonder if we would agree with that now that we've seen the movie. But Rachel Wise's performance, especially in the play, was meant to be that last scene she has addressing. She actually addresses the audience. She breaks the fourth wall. And that is meant to, that really gave the play that immersion. And that's why this seems to be kind of a favorite for actors doing this play. And in the play, they actually switched the roles around, the genders around, actually, which they mentioned in the Wikipedia over the years. And uh, this you're not going to like because it is very pretentious. You know what's the name? Adam, Evelyn, Adam, Eve? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I can see James rolling his eyes already. <laughs> no, I, I uh, saw that and I was like, <laughs> "What is the point? What are you saying?" Like that's, uh, to me, that's the 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 thing is like again, I'm I'm imagining the the director wanting to say this is a the, the you know this is and I don't have like I I like when you got a villain who and she's the villain. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, sure. that's how I see the movie. No, She's no, the no, no, she is. But you've got a villain who's making a point, and they have some argument to be made. And her argument that he was willing and that he did all this stuff and all she had to do was gently push him, that's all true. Um, it doesn't change the fact that she should be expelled. It doesn't change the fact that she may have committed sexual assault by misleading him the way that she, she definitely, uh, I mean, I don't think this was a lot at the time, but, you know, the, putting the sex tape on display, that's now very much a, a no-no. Sexual crime, correct. He is a crime. Can't do. Yeah. Um, and when the play is done um, with where, where the Paul Red character would be uh, a woman, um, if you had the, I'm just imagining, like, now I'm just thinking of it like, do you ever see the movie Magnolia? 
Oh man, Tom Cruise I'm, and all them. Yeah, I'm sure. imagining now like the Rachel Weiss character being Tom Cruise, you know, uh, up there because there's no way that a guy can play that part and have that speech and talk about what he did without sounding like a fucking rapist, <laughs> without sure. sounding like a complete piece of shit. There is no gray area if it's a guy, and yeah. So by my own rules that I, I, I tried to have there's should be no gray area if it's a woman and what she does is you can get you know like you said that 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 movie that i compared it to the last seduction you know uh linda fiorentino yeah she seduces a guy and she's like oh we got to get rid of my husband and blah 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 and then the guy kills the husband and he goes to jail and she gets away with it and it's like yeah the guy was a schmuck the guy was you know he 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 did something wrong and he took the fall and he should, but she shouldn't get away with it. And the message of that movie to me was look at what a strong woman she is. You know, look how amazing. It's why that that movie is like I would list that as one of my most hated movies. Hey because man, come moral- on. Woody, Woody Allen taught us sometimes people just get away with shit. Even Woody Allen this, put that. This, and when when Woody does it, you know, in crimes and misdemeanors, um, because that would be one of like maybe maybe after love and death that would be my favorite woody allen his crimes and misdemeanors Mm. but you know you at the end it's it's interesting when martin lando is just sort of like you can see he's still kind of haunted by it sure just a little bit but at the same time he's like you know i didn't get caught and i got away with it he's not talking about you know he's trying to present it as a story that he's you know wanted but he's he's like you know uh, then you get on with your life and you don't think about it so much. And it's like, okay, I get the point that the movie is making here. Um, it's not saying that Martin Landau is a good person or that Martin Landau is, uh, that he should have gotten away with it or that uh, Angelica Houston had any part in what happened to her. It's saying, hey, sometimes people don't get caught. Um but if Martin Landau went up on a stage and he said to everybody, okay, I'm going to tell you how I murdered this person and how I, you know, uh, covered it up and how somebody else took, you know, then he'd go to jail. And I just wanted that extra maybe two minutes where it's like uh, the, the dean of the college comes up to Rachel Weiss and goes, you need to be in my office because you're out of this school, you know, and like some kind of a consequence for her. You you just reminded me, and this is completely off topic, but I always joke about this with my girlfriend. You remind me of that book, OJ Simpson vote. <laughs> <laughs> if I did it, it was if I, I didn't do it, but if, if I, I did, did it. <laughs> this is, I can't believe this motherfucker wrote this book. If but do you I remember? The family sued him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, got yeah. the rights to the book, and they yeah. changed the name of the book to "How I Did It." Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, idiot. So consequence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's there's just I don't know. Like I felt like even at the end, because you're right, they they do show that she is maybe she's struggling or maybe she's she's in, she's in denial. She's in. I've, I've watched the movie three times. Rachel Wise's actor, or the actor is portraying that in her eyes, if you look at her face, this woman 
there's something behind her eyes. She's not emotional. She isn't completely, there's something going on there, which it doesn't yeah. defend anything she did. I just noticed that on repeat watching that this isn't the whole picture, but it doesn't matter because, again, the focus of the movie is what she's done. So, Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's it's something that I will remember it. I just mm-hmm. won't want to revisit it. That's it's, fine. It's And, and I, I think if there's any changes I would have made, if you'd had it, just not played Paul Rudd as dopey in the beginning. If you'd played him a little, like, you can have glasses and you can maybe not be the most stylish person in the world without being a caricature of a nerd. I actually think, and I know I shouldn't say this because this kind of doesn't make sense, especially for this movie where it goes. Paul Rudd, everything you said about Paul Rudd's 100% right, but it makes it more palatable. If the person was more believable and not as corny and just was much more like earnest and much yeah. more, even more of a sucker because they're earnest about this and they were eviscerated like this, I couldn't even be even, ob- I, I couldn't even try to be objective about this at all. No, I think the only way that maybe, and I, again, I don't know how it's been played on the stage before, but as far as the movie goes, I think the only way that you could make any of it feel like it was kind of his fault or anything is if you played him so broadly in the beginning, if you were like, Oh, we got to show he's weak. We got to show it in the way he stands. We got to show it in his hair. We got to show it in the way he talks. We got to show it in the sort of nervous way that he is around her in the beginning where he's, there's that one part where he does the horrible Henry Higgins impression. And, uh, you know, and she's like, confused by because he's just acting like such an over-the-top dork that you know i feel like they're trying to say look how pathetic he is instead of just letting you kind of you know there's that one part towards the beginning where he's like why do you like me and that was to me all i needed okay Mm. he's not confident he's not you know he's not confident he doesn't uh, think very highly of himself. I don't think by the end of this, he's going to feel any better about himself. And, but, you know, I didn't need to see, like I said, I did, it, it felt like the nutty professor. It's sort of like, we're going to start him so far in the, in the mm-hmm. nerd category. And yeah. then we're going to transition him into, um, you know, this cool, he got cool hair and he's got a nose job, which by the way, I, did they put a fake nose? Because I couldn't yeah, tell the difference yeah, between yeah, the yeah, nose. <laughs> yeah. Again, James, re-watching this, you see all those things. Fake nose, extra chin, his fat suit. And then when you watch the video, um, I only played the audio clip of the director talking about it. You get to see them doing all the makeup on him. It's, I'm not going to lie. I've enjoyed all these little things re-watching the movie two or three times because you notice all these things that aren't right. And by oh. the way, last thing. The female friend nearly catches onto the whole thing. When Rachel Wise is having that conversation with her, and obviously she's, she's confronting her because she's read Paul Rudd's diary, which I think is hilarious. Him having a diary is like, oh my God, wow. They really doubled down on this guy. But yeah, when she's there and she's like, you've really changed him, haven't you? Every little thing. And then Rachel Wise comes like, oh shit. You can see in her eyes, like, oh shit, she's figured me out. Because she's literally saying, wait a minute. You change his hair, change his coat, change his walk, he's lost weight. You know, you really... And then she even brings up Cosmopolitan magazine. Like, you know, we read Cosmo 10 ways you can make your man to a perfect man. That's what you're doing, isn't it? 
And then she gets silent, like, oh shit. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> so for me, rewatch this movie in in light in um in preparation of this podcast has been great. I watched it with my girl. What was the female reaction to this movie? And again, I would love for a, a woman who has not watched the movie before, watch and see what she thinks and how she feels about it. the gender politics. If she feels as a double standard, is she completely wrong? Is she got a point? You know, it's this world of super masculinity. And well, anyway, things are different now. We live in a different time. I think mm-hmm. that this movie would actually be a lot, a lot less divisive now because there's so much things, like I said, with, um, I seen the other side of things, how, you know, females can do horrible things as well. And just, so I actually think this movie to me, this movie ages a bit, bit better than I thought it did when I watched it again. Um, and I was actually worried this was going to be a very dated movie, but it's a movie that just has a lot of points and a lot of the aesthetic stuff is fine. It doesn't even like, Oh, that's old nineties. Not really. It's shot pretty well. Um, and yeah, so anyway, I know we're running out of time, so I want to, uh, wrap up and say, um, yeah, I, I, it's not a movie I can openly recommend. And again, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, kind of people are 50, 50 on it. But if you've heard everything we've discussed and you want to check it out, I don't think it's a waste of your time. It's just a, it's a peculiar movie. So James, thank you for taking the time to watch it. And I appreciate the conversation. Well, you know, I, I think this is the kind of movie that I almost feel like you almost, almost if you want somebody to watch it and really, really get everything out of it, maybe you spoil it for them. <laughs> yeah, you can go, yeah, you can go. I, I feel like if you go in knowing where it's going. Yeah. Because I was really expecting it to end with like, maybe he and Rachel Weiss break up and he's like, oh, I lost my friends and everything. And you know, she's moved on and, you know, whatever, she's got another guy or what. I, I didn't expect where it was going to go. And so when it happened, it was like watching, uh, it, it almost was like from dusk till dawn. Suddenly <laughs> there's vampires. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely experience. I, got, I can't say it's not an experience. It's just not an experience I enjoyed. Ah, well, you know what? I'm kind of proud. I, I like getting you, getting you with the little hooks there now and then. Ain't too bad. And we've got a great conversation out of it. And for anyone listening who have, might have watched the movie and you've never heard someone talk about it recently, leave a comment in the comment section down below. Let us know how you feel about this movie. If you watched it, if you haven't watched it, if you're going to watch it, come back and let us know, man. Either way, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. And yeah especially if you have any philosophy, any kind of lean towards the morals one way or another, let us know in the comments down below. Uh, Yeah, James. So thank you for that. And we are going to wrap up the review there and move on to our announcement, which I'm going to leave the floor to you to explain, James, what is going on now on my YouTube channel. I've already uploaded the video speaking about what's going on with that. This will be the last full length Woody Allen adjacent and Woody Allen review we're doing on the YouTube channel because we want to make a little, do a little pivot, get into a new community, do something different. And I'm more than happy to do it. But James, I'm going to let you take it away. Explain what's going on, how it's going to go. And yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up after that. 
So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be kind of relaunching the Manic Expression uh, YouTube channel. We tried this uh, several years before, and it was very half-hearted. We didn't really know what we were doing, uh, but uh, we kind of let it just fall by the wayside. But uh, it still has nearly a 1,000 subscribers to it. So what we're going to be doing is uh, Don and I and uh, several other people, including uh, such manic expression veterans as Y-Boy and Nero and... Uh, some jerk from Boston and that long-haired creepy guy and uh, several others. There's a dozen of us in total. We're going to relaunch the Manic Expression YouTube channel. And uh, it will be a collaborative place where we post all of our uh, different content and where, uh, you know, we, we promote our own uh, work because I'm kind of tired of waiting around for, for other people in the uh, kind of in the business to uh to give me a chance so i want to just go ahead and i want to take that chance myself and i'm going to be self-publishing uh, a novel that's going to be coming out in october and we're going to be promoting that through the youtube channel as well as as well as uh woody adjacent we're going to be promoting that we're going to be promoting music by uh ichabod todd and uh books that uh that long-haired creepy guy has written we're going to be Kind of presenting ourselves as uh, as more of a, a business like kind of thing than manic expression has ever been before. Sounds awesome. You know what? Joining a group, a working group uh, of artists and creators is something I've always wanted to do. From the time that I started way back in 2010 with Tyro Cast and Dreamcast and. Uh, so much things I've done now I'm all the way here I'm so happy to start this new chapter with you so yeah I'll be glad to contribute to work with you guys to be part of the Manic Expression Collective in this way and yeah I think one thing James said uh, to me off mic which I want to um, really push forward out there is I feel like when we start in six months from now will be completely different <laughs> mm -hmm. so everyone should just tamper the expectations give us time to get things going get things gelling well and even as i get to know the rest of the team and collaborate with them and we all work things out it's going to be um a really nice metamorphosis and i'm looking forward to again it's it, to me it's not about the subs it's not even about blowing up it's just great to see new collaboration and yeah, I want to. I want us to go far. Definitely want us to see how far we go as a collective. So I'm all for it, man. So I'm here to support. I'm glad to be part of this team. And let's see if we can reach the stars. Yeah, and you know, we'll. Uh, you know, you'll still be able to find uh, the full Woody adjacent uh, podcast. Where will they be able to find that? On Podbean, you can subscribe directly on iTunes. Any podcast play you have or any podcast feed we're on google podcast apple podcast stitcher radio you know with podcasts they're literally propagated across all podcast mediums anyway it's just when it comes to youtube and the youtube clips everything after this point will be on the manic expression youtube channel for the video stuff we'll do and we might even do some more exclusive stuff on youtube channels well i want to do more it's just that right now well, i'm a little bit held up for time because of you know outside factors and one thing that i would love to do which i haven't talked to you about before but uh, you know i'm gonna put you on the spot 
Mm. When when the time comes and there's uh, you've got the time to do it and we've got the audience for it, I think it'd be great to do some uh, commentary tracks for some of Woody's movies. More than that sounds absolutely amazing. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I've always thought of that actually because a lot of podcasts, especially ones that follow a particular director, do do that. And I did propose to you <laughs> about rewatching all the Woody movies one day, and you're like, no, no, leave that. But as more time goes on, and you know, as we sadly get closer to Woody Allen's even final days on Earth, you know, that will give us even more of a reason to do it. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a definite easy thing to promise. And I think um, we should yeah. definitely not start with Rifkin's Festival. Oh man, do you know what? Let's just hope that isn't the worst he's ever going to do. And it isn't the worst movie he's ever done anyway, but I just want to say, yeah. <laughs> By the time we redo all the commentary of all those 50 movies or something, we'll probably be over 50. That's true. <laughs> Literally. Mm -hmm. So I'm about to turn 40. So, <laughs> so James, fantastic idea. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely for the commentary. I think that's a fantastic idea. So guys, stay tuned to that. And I know, the Manic Expression is going to have its own, um, what do you call it, where we donate to uh, Oh, yeah, Patreon. we'll have uh, yeah. Patreon. And, please, uh, please donate to that. Donate to that Patreon of Manic Expressions. We're all going to be sharing into that and helping. And yeah. If you don't feel like donating to uh, Patreon, if you feel like actually getting something out of it, like I said, we're going to be selling our wares over cool. there too so if you cool. feel like supporting me you could buy my book if you feel like supporting uh woody adjacent you could donate to don's uh patreon uh buy ichabod's albums on itunes there's lots of ways uh to support us without going on a patreon cool well change is coming and i'll do myself i'll do my best to put all the links in the description be more communicative about it but again let us Give us time to get properly into this transition. Again, by the time this podcast goes out, I should have already announced pretty much everything James said on my YouTube channel. But James was a, a lot more eloquent and a lot more detailed. What I did, James, on my channel, because I know you haven't seen that video as of yet, but I just kind of rambled through a little bit of what you said. But yeah, James will follow up on that video and all the others but stay tuned um i'll update the links especially on this podcast as they develop but yeah man where can the people find not only you james as always but where can they find manic expression the youtube channel where everything is going to be shifting to in future uh well you there's not anything to find on it right now because we've cleared off all the old content so ah. as far as finding it right now that might be a little bit difficult but when okay. the time comes we will we'll go to social media we're going to have that's the other thing we're going to have, like, uh, we're going to have our own Manic Expression Twitter, Manic Expression Instagram, Manic Expression TikTok. I don't know how TikTok works, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I, James. Me and you are old fogies. <laughs> that's, that's true. I don't, uh, I have no clue about that, but luckily we have somebody uh, running our social media who does. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, when the time comes, we will uh, we'll hopefully be launching around the middle of August. Awesome. I'm ready for it. So, James, where can the people catch you? Just you, directly, if they want to get in contact with you. Uh, you can find me at manic-expression.com and my books are available on Amazon. 
yes thank you for that james you can find me on planet tile i don't even use twitter that much to be honest so i need to log in to blast out the manic expression channel as well but i'm at planet tile the youtube channel you know for the last time for the woody allen and jason stuff is at planet tyro or planet tyro youtube blah 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 all the links will be in the podcast description so no need to listen anymore i'm gonna let you go james again thanks for joining me on this but oh my god before we go how could i forget james it's your turn next what are we going to be talking about on the next recording oh god i didn't even realize it was my turn <laughs> it was your turn i did too you're up um we were talking about two different movies I think I'm going to go with uh, the Chris Rock, Julie Delpy starring uh, Two Days in Paris. Correct. And funny enough, I was watching that movie partly earlier today, so I'm looking forward to that. Chris Rock has obviously been in the news this year for certain things, certain slaps and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I've actually got a ticket to see him and Dave Chappelle in London. Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are doing... That's amazing. Yeah, for the first time, they're going to do a two-day show in London, the O2. And let me tell you, James, I bought them tickets. And you know what I can't wait to do, James? Ooh. I can't wait to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've seen I've seen Chris Walk twice live already. I don't need to see them live. I'm an old man. I'm happy enough to watch them too on Netflix. I want to make some money off those tickets. So, yeah, man, look out for that, guys. <laughs> I'm a scalper. I'm a scalper. I should edit that out. Anyway, <laughs> that was the podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys on the next recording. Thank you guys so much. Take care.